Welcome to a brand new episode of Shakespeare Saga by Julia George. Today marks the 139th episode of Shakespeare Saga. And we are continuing with The Merry Vibes of Windsor, Act 3, Scene 5. A major promotions of Awaro Bank, the best online banking service, Google Pay for all your international money transfers, and the Zenities app, the best meditation app to try. Try it on Amazon App Stores and on Google Play App Stores. So without any further delay, let me continue with The Merry Wives of Windsor, Act 3, Scene 5. Enter jo- Sir John Falstaff. Falstaff. Bardolf, I say. Enter Bardolf. Bardolf. Here, sir. Falstaff. Go fetch me a quart of sack. Put a toast in it. Bardolf exits. Have I lived to be carried in a basket like a barrel of butcher's offal? And to be thrown in the Thames? Well, if I be served such another tr- trick, I'll have my brains taken out and buttered, and given them to a dog for a New Year's gift. It's the blood the rose. Slided me into the river with a little remorse, as they would have drowned a blind bitch's puppies. Fifteen eyes glitter, and you may know by my size that I have a kind of a alacrity in sinking. If the bottom were as deep as hell, I should down. I had been drowned, but that the shore was shelvy and shallow, a death that I abhor, for the water swells a man. And what a thing should I have been when I have been swelled by the Lord? I should have been a mountain of mummy? Enter Bardolph and the cups of sack. Bardolph, here's mistress quickly, sir, to speak with you, Falstaff. Come, let me pour in some sack to the Thames water, of my bellies as cold as if I had swallowed snowballs or pills to cool the rains. He drinks. Call her in. Bardolph, come in, woman. Enter mistress quickly. Mistress quickly. Be your leave. I cry you mercy. Give your worship good morrow. Falstaff to Bardolph. Take away these chalices. Go brew me a puddle of sack thinly. Bardolph, with eggs, sir? Falstaff, simple of itself. I'll no pull it sperm in my brewage. Bardolph exits. How now? Mistress quickly. Mary, sir. I come to your worship from Mistress Ford. Falstaff. Mistress Ford? I have had Ford enough. I was thrown into the Ford. I have my belly full of Ford. Mistress quickly. Alas, the day. Good heart. That was not her fault. She does so take on with her men. They mistook their direction. Falstaff. So did I mine to build upon a foolish woman's promise. Mistress quickly. Well, she's layman's, sir, for it. That it would yearn your heart to see it. Her husband goes this morning a birding. She desires you once more to come to her, between eight and nine. I must carry her word quickly. She'll make you amends. I warrant you. 
Falstaff. Well, I will visit her. Tell her so. And bid her think what a man is. Let her consider his frailty and the judge of my merit. Mistress quickly, I will tell her. Falstaff, do so. Between nine and ten, sayest thou. Mistress quickly, eight and nine, sir. Falstaff, well be gone. I will not miss her. Mistress quickly, peace be with you, sir. Mistress quickly exits. Falstaff, I marvel I hear not of Master Brooke. He sent me word to stay within. I like his money well. Enter Ford, disguised as Brooke. Oh, here he comes, Ford, as Brooke. Gods bless you, sir. Falstaff, now Master Brooke, you come to know what hath passed between me and Ford's wife? Ford, as Brooke, that indeed, Sir John, is my business. Falstaff, Master Brooke, I will not lie to you. I was at her house the hour she appointed me. Ford, as Brooke, and sped you, sir? Falstaff, very ill-favoredly, Master Brooke, Ford, as Brooke. How so, sir? Did she change her determination? Falstaff, no, Master Brooke, but the peaking Cornuto, her husband, Master Brooke, dwelling in a continual larum of jealousy, comes me in the instant of our encounter, after we have embraced, kissed, protested, and as it were, spoke the prologue of our comedy, and at his heels, a rabble of his companions, thither provoked and instigated by his distemper, and forsooth to search his house for his wife's love. Ford Esbrook. What while you were there? Falstaff. While I was there. Ford Esbrook. And did he search for you and could not find you? Falstaff. You shall hear. As good luck would have it, come in one mistress page, gives intelligence of Ford's approach, and in her invitation and Ford's wife's distraction, they conveyed me into a buck basket. Ford is broke. A buck basket? Falstaff, by the Lord. A buck basket rammed me in with a foul shirts and smocks, socks, foul stockings, greasy napkins, that master. There was the ranket compound of villainous smell that ever offended nostrils. Ford as Brooke. And how long lay you there? Falstaff. Nay, you shall hear, Master Brooke, what I have suffered to bring this woman to evil for your good. Being thus crammed in the basket, a couple of Ford's knaves, his hints, were called forth by their mistress to carry me in the name of foul clothes and ditch datchet lane. They took me on their shoulders, met the jealous knave, their masters in the door, who asked them once or twice what they had in their basket. I quacked for fear lest the lunatic knave would have searched it, but fate ordaining. He should be cuckold, held his hand. Well, on went he for a search, and away went I for fall clothes. But mark the squeal, Master Brooke, 
I suffered the pangs of three several deaths. First, an intolerable fright to be detected with a jealous, rotten bellwether. Next, to be compassed like a good bilbo in the circumference of a peck hilt to point heel to head and then to be stopped in like a strong distillation with stinking clothes that fretted in their own grease. Think of that, a man of my kidney. Think of that, that am as subject to heat as butter, a man of continual dissolution and thaw. It was a miracle to escape stuff suffocation. And in the height of this bath, uh, when I was more than half stewed in grease like a Dutch dish to be thrown into the tennis of cold glowing hot in that surge like a horseshoe. Think of that. Hissing hot. Think of that, master. Brooke. Ford as Brooke. In good sadness, sir, I'm sorry that for my sake you have suffered all this. My suit then is desperate. You'll undertake her no more. Falstaff, master, I will be thrown into Etna, as I have been in Themis, and ere I will leave her thus, her husband is the morning gone a-burning. I have received from her another embassy of meeting. Twixt eight and nine is the hour, master, Brook. Ford, as Brook, tis past eight already, sir, Falstaff, is it? I will then address me to my appointment. Come to me at your convenient leisure, and you shall know how I speed at, and the conclusion shall be crowned with her enjoying her. Adieu. You shall have her, Master Brook, Master Brook. You shall cuckold Ford. Falstaff exits. Ford, hmm, ha. Is this a vision? Is this a dream? Do I sleep, Master Ford? Awake. Awake, Master Ford, there's a hole made in your best coat, Master Ford. This tis to be married. This tis to have linen and buck baskets. Well, I will proclaim myself what I am, and I will now take the leecher. He is at my house. He cannot escape me. Tis impossible he should. He cannot creep into a halfpenny purse, nor into a pepper box, but lest the devil that guides him should aid him, I will search impossible places. Though what I am cannot avoid, yet to be what I would not shall not make me tame. If I have horns to make one hand mad, let the proverb go with me, and I will be horn mad. He exits. Next is Act 4. We'll continue that in a next episode. Appreciate the listens. Thank you.